Welcome to the In the Bag podcast. I'm your host from a beautiful Houston, Texas, Jonathan Slaughter, and with me as always is Jesse James Sutherland. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I uh, got to watch a lot of the golf tournament, including you know most of Sunday this weekend. So I, I would call that a a success, given that it was a really fun tournament to watch. We got another playoff. I feel like the the bets we should be making every week are: Will this tournament go into a playoff? Yes. I haven't uh, run the numbers on it and tried to find what odds were, but I bet uh, I bet we'd be, I don't know, at least millionaires by now, maybe billionaires, if we just put like 10 bucks on that bet every week. Yeah, I think we did run the numbers at one point uh, for a stretch last year, but it does seem, uh, you know, this is the, what, the second one this of the 2021 season? But two in seven weeks, I mean, that's like, yeah. if you can plus 350 odds, then... Uh, you're at least making your money back. So I, I think I think part of it comes from the fact, and I, I think it's a good thing that we see so many of them because I think we have, especially in fields like this, so many talented golfers that I think are so close to each other in talent level, right? That um, it, it's just kind of inevitable for two guys in a 120 or 150 man field to end up you know, tied for the lead at the end. Obviously, you know, Max Holman had to lip out a, a three-footer on 18 for that yeah. to happen. But I, I just I just think there, like I said, there's so many talented guys. They're so so close to each other in talent level, especially, you know, when DJ isn't doing DJ things, that, that it doesn't feel weird for there to be, you know, playoffs week in and week out in these high-level events. Yeah, um, I saw pretty much all the tournament through Saturday, and then Sunday I was golfing in the morning, and then I had a uh, uh, a newborn class for, that was three hours long, so I did not really get to catch the end. I did see, it turned out for a, like a second to watch that home uh, missed putt, <laughs> and uh, or I, saw the approach. I, saw, I saw the approach and the missed putt. What's that? I said, what a time to turn it on. Yeah, yeah, it was just, uh, well, I saw that on the tracker where he was at. And I, it was in a, it just happened to be on a, in a break. So, um, so, but yeah, that was crazy. I'm glad he came back and won because it would have been hard to live that down. I think, you know, maybe for his career because you know, it, it's hard to win a golf tournament, and Maximo may never win another golf tournament. Um, we we just don't know. I mean, it's 30 already. You know, you you just never know. So it, it would have been sad if he would have uh, not won, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, but I also mean, good for Finau for having a good Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Finau had a phenomenal Sunday. Shot sixty four, uh, you know, a pretty difficult golf course. Holman shot what sixty five. So they they were both really really good, and and deserve each of them deserved to win. Um, you know, on on the second playoff hole, Tony Finau. I mean, I guess we should talk about the first playoff hole where Max Holm was up against a tree off after his tee shot, and it looked like he had absolutely no chance. Yeah, of being in the tournament. After or, or winning the tournament after that shot, uh, it turns out he had a little bit more of a gap uh, than we thought between the tree and his club. It looked like he had to play way out to the right, but he had a really cool running, you know, sort of trap draw uh, and executed it to perfection, which is really not his his strength around the greens. And and was able to to I think they both made par on ten, and then just hit a really really good golf shot uh, into into the par three on the second playoff hole. Tony Finau hit the bunker and, you know, barely missed a, a putt on the right edge to, to lose. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, it, it's, it's really difficult to win on the PGA Tour. Uh, I'm impressed that, you know, Max Holm was able to keep himself composed throughout all that, given that, you know, I think everybody in the golfing world knew knew how bad Max Holm wanted to win and how much that course means to him personally. And so for him to be able to pull it out when I... I don't think, you know, anybody else is putting that weight on his shoulders, but I think he... Probably, I mean, he's probably pretty uniquely designed to handle putting weight on his own shoulders, and and he has obviously a great relationship with his caddy, probably out there keeping him pretty, pretty calm and and in the moment. But uh, I, I'm sure there was a lot going through his head that entire time, and it was you know really really impressive for him to be able to keep that under control and and go out and win that golf tournament, especially given a, a, a two hole playoff. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just come up to the club up, club down. We just we talked about Max Homa. Um, and you were on Max Homa, uh, so I wanted you to have that glory uh, to talk about him. Um, you, you convinced me on the pod to make him a part of one of my uh, one of my 
base groups. So that was uh, that was a win for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for I'll, I'll lead off talking about Sam Burns because Cousin Burns almost pulled it off. Um, you know, was by far and away the best golfer for the first three days of this tournament. You know, I told you, I think on, on Friday, I think I said he needed to shoot like my, negative minus one to to win, but I didn't suspect that it was going to be, uh, you know, everyone shoot over par on Saturday and everyone shoot under par on Sunday. Uh, kind of, a, kind of a weekend. I kind of didn't expect the course to to vary that much, um, but you know, I'm I'm glad. It wasn't like last year where, like, Adam Scott, like, just held on, right? And to the end, like, he didn't even play well in the final round and still won. So it was kind of nice to see, like, someone come up from from behind and play well. But digressing from that, uh, you know, Sam Burns was – he he finished third in the tournament despite the fact that he lost strokes off the tee, um, which is one of his big strengths. So um, if his approach game is – I think he – is was second to Morikawa in short game approach, um, so I, you know that's obviously a great sign. And his putter was obviously awesome all weekend, uh, one of the best in the field. So I wish he was in this tournament, but uh, but only seventy can make it, and he is not there yet. Um, let's see who else. Oh, Fra- Francisco Molinari had a good bounce back weekend after really disappointing me uh, the week prior. Um, you know, I I, I kind of thought. I thought these two results from him would be flip-flop because the Genesis is just a longer course, and I feel like it would be harder for him to uh, put himself in the positions to do well. And uh, I thought Pebble would be more of that type of course, but for whatever reasons, these uh, he flip-flopped those, and he gained strokes across the board, uh, ended up finishing about, I don't know, top 10 in strokes gained total for the weekend, um, which is, you know, of course, great. Unfortunately, he's also not in this, which I think is a little odd. I feel like he should be in the WGC as being the lone guy from Italy. And then uh, we'll talk about Wilsey here because he's in the tournament. Uh, it was a rough start for him on Thursday. Bounces back, ends up playing really well. Uh, his around the green game struggled, which we know is his big bugaboo, but he gains 1.23 on putting, uh, 0.84 on approach per round. Uh, ends, up, ends up finishing about top 17 or so for uh, for short game total for the weekend, and I think he sneakily had a really good weekend, and I think he may set himself up for a good weekend this weekend as well. Yeah, I like all those guys. Uh, I'm, I mean, we we can talk about Max Holma here. He's been phenomenal through five weeks, no worse than a 42nd place finish, which he did at the Waste Management, back-to-back top tens, and obviously capped it off with the win. His last six starts, he actually, dating back to Mayakobi, finished 12th there, so he's been on a pretty incredible uh, run as of late. Funny thing of me talking you into him is, is you you would put some doubt in my mind, uh, and I did. I ended up not playing very much, if any. I think I had like ten lineups with Max Holma out of my you know entire 150 entry. So it's kind of kind of. Uh, I'm glad at least one of us was got to be on, got to be on Holma and, and have a little bit of fun there. I think the other two guys that kind of stand out to me. I I, I guess. You know, there's one guy that's not in this tournament uh, this week that played last week is Cameron Tringale. Again, another you know top 40 finish this time in a very stacked event. Uh, he he's not in the field this week, which might not have been why you which might have been why you didn't see. It, but he actually led the field in strokes gained approach uh, last week, and he's just been you know obviously on a tear with his iron play and just in general. So um, good on good good for Tringale, who's who's just been on a pretty phenomenal run of golf. Um, but back to the top of of the sort of cream of the crop, uh, Tony Finau. We would to, to not talk about him here would would be doing him a disservice. Fourth at the Amex, second in the Farmers Open, second in his start uh, on the European Tour, I believe it was in Abu Dhabi, and then second at the Genesis last week where he lost in a playoff. Uh, I, I know the joke about Tony Finau is that he can't win, but like, I mean, this guy's gonna win and, and win soon. He's too talented not to. Um, and, and I hope it does come for him because I'm sure that that is a difficult um, weight for him to carry from tournament to tournament. And then the other guy up here at the top that I, I want to talk about is Victor Hovland, who finished fifth last week. And I felt like he just kind of crept up on me onto the, the front page of that leaderboard. It didn't it didn't feel like he was you know a world beater at any time during that week. And I didn't expect a ton from him. Uh, even, you know, I didn't even play him that much with his price that low because... 
I, I expected this course to amplify the things he doesn't do well. Uh, but he led the, he was like third or fourth in strokes gained off the tee, um, top 20 in strokes gained approach, put the ball pretty well. And, and because of, because of those things, the around the green game didn't hurt him too much. And, and so we're seeing, I guess, kind of the, the next step, the evolution of Victor Hovland, where these tournaments where he needs to be better around the greens, he's not, you know, failing to execute that sort of stuff. And, and he's just really, I mean, turning into a phenomenal golfer, one of the top, you know, 20 in the world, obviously. I like all those, um, if, you know, you've been, we haven't talked about Fino probably as much as we should have, um, but I mean, yeah, he, that's has been, he, he has been absolutely awesome, uh, no doubts there. I, w- I want to do something a little different in club down, just me personally, um, you know, we can obviously talk about JT and Roy missing the cut uh, and not playing well, but I want to talk about three guys that didn't play well that I kind of am liking for this upcoming weekend. The first, I'll let you talk about him in more detail, but Gary Woodland, you pointed out some great stats to me before the show. Um, I think he's interesting for this weekend, but he obviously missed the cut. Um, and uh, expect better from him this week. Um, we talked a little bit about Matthew Wolf, and Matthew Wolf is losing a ton of strokes off the tee, which is usually his, uh, you know, what he's great at. But if he turns that around, um, even if he's just neutral, I really think he he has a fair opportunity. Like I think I'm gonna have some shares of Matthew Wolf this weekend. He gained strokes with the putter. That's you know he's he's a he's a good putter. He gained strokes on approach, not as much as you'd like, but he's still gaining strokes on approach. So that tells me that his swing isn't broken. And I would be more concerned about him if he was like just getting killed on both you know off the tee and, and approach. But he wouldn't have made the cut if he wasn't gaining strokes on approach. So um, I, I'm. Cautiously optimistic about Matthew Wolf this weekend. Another guy that I want to talk about that I'm cautiously optimistic about is uh, is Abe Answer, who I think a lot of people are going to be off of. We've seen his price drop precipitously from about at least a thousand points. Uh, uh, I think yeah, and it's a similarly yeah. stacked field. Um, he gains 0.74 strokes, seven four strokes approach. Awesome. Um, he's slightly positive off the tee. Just got killed around the greens and didn't putt well. He's not a great putter, but I suspect his around the green game would be better if he had actually gotten to the course with <laughs> in any modicum of time to study it. Um, especially, I don't think it's a course he's played all that often, so he's just not all that familiar with it. And Genesis, as we know, I think you have to be pretty familiar with it uh, because there are, you know, just the greens are very tough, um, and, and there's a lot of odd spots that you can find yourself on the course, like you know, particularly on ten. I mean, 10 is just a, it's just a very weird hole. It's unique. Uh, and, and if you don't know your around the green, you know, book, like on the back of your hand, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble there. So, and the story with him is, you know, he lives in Dallas, I think. And, you know, with all the storms in there, he didn't get in until like Wednesday night before right. the tournament. And, uh, and it's a similar reason why champ withdrew, uh, you know, because of, uh, all what was happening here in Houston. So, um, I suspect I'm, I, I'm gonna, I, I think I probably will make a answer a staple in one of my core lineups. Yeah. I think if, if we're looking at guys who can bounce back, all of that is, uh, is reasonable. I am a little more, uh, bearish on Matt Wolf than you. And I will also club him down. I know he made the cut last week in a pretty tough field, but he's still, you know, just lost a bunch of strokes with his driver, which is, you know, Matthew Wolf's weapon outside of the putter. He's obviously uh, also a very good putter, but it, it it's not been a blip uh, at this point. It's been a consistent trend for him to not hit the ball well off the tee. And if he can't turn that around, then, you know, Matthew Wolf's upside is severely limited. But I, I definitely can see him being a pivot, right? This is, this is all he... We know how talented he can be with a driver, and if we're we're trying to play these guys to their their potential, then it makes sense to have some shares of Wolf, Gary Woodland. Uh, I am I'm very uh, bullish on this week. I think, uh, you know, he he led the field in strokes gained, ball striking, so off the tee and approach combined, and then just lost four strokes per round in his two rounds putting. And I, I don't know, you can be an awful putter. And I, I feel like that's not particularly repeatable. Uh, maybe it is on back-to-back weeks. But, that I mean, that's that's impressively bad, right? That's like 
I mean, Morikawa is kind of similar, right? He was he, he led the field or was second in strokes gained approach in the field, and then you know lost like two point eight strokes per round putting, and so I, I don't see those those types of performances being repeatable. And so I think Gary Woodland's worth having some of. Um, I have a question for you in this section. Should we should we club down Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffele for their um, disappointing fifteenth place finishes after the runs they've been on? Yeah, you know, um, I don't. And this is just me personally. I don't know what to make of Cantlay because he's had like three amazing rounds. Oh, but yeah. but has been like really average outside of those three rounds. And so I'm yeah. like, is it more random that he's like just keeps having one of those rounds and also keeps one of like if yeah? I mean, he would have grinded to to make the cut if he didn't have like a good Thursday or Friday. Uh, last week but you know i i just don't know like is he like on one hand it's like i just don't know what to do with them on one hand i'm frustrated uh that he provides he shows the upside every week that he has um but on the other hand is his upside limited because of how he plays the rest of the time i i just <laughs> i just don't know what to make of it it, um, it feels like a rory McIlroy situation right where rory was having like really solid performances based on one good round Patrick mm-hmm. Cantley's having one excellent round, obviously, yeah. but... Like, um, yeah, like, like if he doesn't break the course record, uh, what is he going to finish? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. If he doesn't tire break the course record, what is Patrick Cantley going to finish? But it seems like he does that every week now, so it's, I it's fine, I, I think. Um, yeah. And, I, and Xander, I mean, I, Xander played okay. Like, yeah. We, we, I mean, we don't have to club them down. There were definitely guys that played the played oh, I, I was, I was just picking on them. It's, four, it's a fun right? way of looking how good they are, right? Mm-hmm. A, t- a top 15 finish when Xander just didn't have anything the first two days. He did all of his damage you know, on a very windy Saturday and, and Sunday, obviously. And then you know, Cantley did all of his damage on Thursday and kind of hung on for dear life after that. Um, yeah, I, I think it just goes to show how... Uh, stacked the the top of these fields are and how talented these guys are. I mean, obviously Rory, JT, and, and Bryson didn't have it, but but everybody else really showed up, and it, it was a fun tournament to watch. Yeah, um, actually, I'll, I'll do two more club ups, I guess, just because I feel like it. I want I just want to give a shout out to my boy CT Pan. He gained almost two strokes per round the, the, for the tournament. Um, I feel like he should have finished higher than twentieth. Uh, he only lost strokes around the green, which is good, but he. He putted a lot better than he normally does, but point point six five per approach. That's, that's pretty damn good. And then uh, our boy Cam Davis, uh, if he he somehow lost strokes off the tee and uh, still gained almost two strokes per round. So uh, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, I did not expect much from CT Pan last week. But we also obviously know every now and then he just kind of plays a really consistent tournament and, and can pop and finish top twenty. So good for him. And I. Expected Cam Davis to have a good week. I thought it was going to be a little bit better, but um, I mean, the, he he and Sam Burns, I think, you know, they just continue to make cuts and play really, really well. And and we say it all the time, but their their wins are coming sooner or their first win is coming sooner sooner rather than later on the tour. Yep. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, so we talk about we talked about the course a little bit. Uh, we don't know much about it, but what do we know? Yeah, I mean, there, there's not a ton to know about it. Uh, there was a a the NCAA championship, maybe it was here. Um, and when when Bryson was still in college, he won that. Some other guys that played on it, you know, on tour right now, like Doug Gim, are are not here. So the one guy we know has some uh, course history, or at least kind of knows his way around here a little bit, is is Bryson. Uh, but outside of that, we don't know a whole lot. We know that you know the course can measure up to almost 7,500 yards. It caps off at, at like 7,475 um, total. Uh, it based on the scorecard, you know, we can find uh, online as a par 72. But we know the PGA Tour has a propensity for making one of the par fives a, a par four, much like they did at or they do at uh, TPC Harding Park and did for the PGA Championship. So we don't know that that's going to hold uh, necessarily. Uh, but, but for I mean, I think I think we can reasonably look at it and say it's going to play as a par 72 or par 71. Uh, we, have, we are finally getting to some slightly bigger greens, uh, uh, given that we've moved into Florida and into the East Coast. California, uh, notorious for, for small greens. Uh, a lot, of, lot more water on this course. I mean... 
I guess Pebble has a lot of water, but it's not always really in play. Uh, it's just kind of what you're looking at when you're out there. But this, uh, this, there's a lot of water in play at this course. And I saw, I think it was Brad Faxon, a quote from him recently, that these greens are in the best shape he's ever seen. Uh, so they'll they'll be putting on on Bermuda grass, which maybe will uh, will help Gary Woodland getting off that poa. Um, fingers crossed, <laughs> since we're on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think given that we don't know a lot of how this course is going to play, we have some information that says that the greens are in great shape. Uh, that I think that that kind of makes putting easier for everybody, and we'll we'll want to look at the the ball striking stats for our model, just kind of taking an all encompassing approach. I mean, obviously. You know, long par seventy twos like this, not at elevation. Um, you know, you guys, the guys are going to have to either hit the ball incredibly accurate and then be good with their their long irons if they're shorter players, or they're going to, you know, or this is going to give an advantage to the bombers. So I think we'll you'll want to look at strokes gained approach as is your most important thing. Uh, strokes gained driving or or off the tee, and then with with distance is a little bit of an advantage, and then. You know, this is this is a no cut event, and I think anytime we have a no cut event, we need to look at birdie or better percentage um, to to give the guys that have the opportunity to pop, like we've talked about with the Cantlay, because um, they get they get the opportunity to have that round all four times, even if they don't have it on the first couple of days. Now, so it's going to be important to go out here and make birdies. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's where I would uh, where I would go this week, given the limited knowledge we have of the course. Yeah, I think another thing I'm going to build into my uh, uh, factor, into my model or how I'm like view certain players is into your is field. But bo- is bogey avoidance in, in not in the sense that avo- like obviously avoiding bogeys is important, but like the there's a lot of water on this course, like you talked about, and so big numbers are out there, um, and I think it, it'll just be important to know which guys you know, can avoid those types of numbers because, yeah, they may score a little better in fantasy, but they're, you know, if someone shoots a triple or whatever, like they're just likely not going to win this tournament. Um, so you want guys that that don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what the, the situation is, like how wide are the fairways, um, you know, where is the water situated in relation? Is it incredibly close? I know that a, a decent number if not all of the fairways are tree lined as well so you can put yourself in position where you're buying trees and all that um so i i definitely think there's something to that being accurate off the tee I, you know i don't know what the mm. water situation is around the greens but I, I think putting your ball in the right place and and having your misses be you know acceptable misses uh, is definitely going to be important this week yeah i, I mean of, it, i would look at it like the players right kind of like a maybe a similar setup to that similar course um it's obviously the 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 TPC Sawgrass is only like 7,200 yards, so this is a little longer, so we put a little more of a premium on distance. But, but I, yeah, I, I would treat it like that. Another Florida course that we have, you know, obviously a little bit more information on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, the pricing here, we have one, two, six guys, 10,000 and up. Uh, a little more bunch than the last time because we have an extra guy up there, but we have DJ, Rom, Xander, JT, Rory, and Cantley as your top six. Um yeah, and and I'm uh, I'm I'm probably only looking at two two guys here, uh, and that's the two top guys, DJ and Rom, for me personally. Uh, you know, I think DJ is first. Uh, I know he's played overseas uh, as well, uh, so basically this is like what his second tournament in five or six weeks. Um, so I expect I expect him to be like a touch rusty. He obviously didn't. Uh, I think we got like you know basically like a worst case scenario from DJ and he finished eighth. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I think that's pretty good. Uh, Rom, on the other hand, I you know he just keeps going out and sh- and shooting well. Uh, he's averaging the second. Oh, he's, let's see, he's the averaging the third best uh, strokes gained per round of the top ten guys. Um, I. Uh, I, I am curious about Xander. I, I I kind of wonder. This is just a feeling for me, but I, I think he'll end up being the highest owned out of all these guys. Um, but I could be wrong. Maybe he's more expensive than people want to play. Uh, and then we talked about Cantlay. Cantlay also has a higher uh, strokes gained average here, but I think that's just buoyed a lot on two rounds. And so um, I, I am 
I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I guess you know you're going to get four rounds from Cantley. He could have one of those rounds, but I, I'm I'm just not sure how sustainable it is whenever you're not playing that well the all the other rounds. You think yeah. I don't know. It's it's almost kind of it's almost kind of crazy that he's had those two rounds given how he's played every other round. <laughs> so Cantley's crazy. I, we're gonna spend probably too much time talking about Patrick Cantley today, but he, I mean he he's incredibly well rounded, right? He yep. if you look at his strokes gain numbers, he doesn't gain in in all four of them. His lowest is around the green at point three two, but his highest is approach at point four five. He doesn't like have any part of his game that he relies on to play well, and so when he is, you know posting these course record tying rounds it's because one one or two things really really pop and then those other two things that he does well he does a like you know above average but they don't seem to ever like leave him completely on those rounds where he goes crazy but whenever one of those things does leave him for a round like you know we've seen his tendency to miss a lot of fairways or um you know his irons can get a little uh, wonky the other parts of his game are so good and, the, and I think he is a really smart golfer. He like uh, you, you've compared him to Spieth before. That you know sometimes he can get wild off the tee or like he puts himself in these bad situations. The difference between him and Spieth is that Spieth compounds errors. He tries mm-hmm. to make the hero play, and now he's going to make the seven on a par four. Patrick Hanley doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. He takes his medicine. He hits a uh, if he hits one in the trees, he pitches out to. You know, through the hole to a yardage where he thinks he can hit a wedge close and go make a putt. And he tends to do that more often than not. And so I, I just think the fact that Patrick Cantley's game is so well-rounded, I think it can limit his upside from time to time. But I do also think where not every player gives themselves four, you know, four areas of the game to go out and pop, Patrick Cantley does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, just, I, I just struggle with him. Uh, you know, and I kind of wonder, and then on the other flip side, what are, what is, how are people going to perceive Rory and JT after last weekend? Um, you know, they both played awful, but it's just one tournament. People miss cuts all the time. Uh, I know they don't miss cuts often, but they're certainly capable of missing cuts. Uh, you know, you're getting four rounds from this week, from them this weekend and they were playing and they're gaining Decent strokes. JT in particular is gaining gaining 1.56 per round, 2.32, 2.26. Rory just has a history at these WGCs of just going off. And his last four, I know a different course, but he's the worst he gained was 2.55 strokes per round in his last four. Uh, so I, I'm I, I'm I don't know I, I'm torn. I, I I think if I if I had to go if I had to rank them. I think I would go DJ Rom and then Rory, but um, I I don't know if I'm going to dip my toes into the Rory situation. You ready for this? Yes. Rory McIlroy is priced unnamed this week. Rory McIlroy, there's no reason he should be above ten thousand dollars. He should be. Oh. He should be below Tony Finau for sure. Tony Finau's price is egregious in my opinion. Uh, he should be. I mean, I know DeChambeau missed the cut, but I think he should be below Bryson. Um, he should be below Cantlay. Rory hasn't finished top fifth. Hasn't finished top ten since the Masters. Um, you know, Farmers and Waste Management. We saw sixteenth and thirteenth. I know he has history in these tournaments, but I, I think if it was anybody else playing the way Rory was playing right now, they would be priced below ten thousand dollars. Well, I hope I hope other people are, are with you on that because if he's like seven percent owned, like I'm in, like I will go there. But I think it's an ownership thing. I, I, I mean, I always kind of like to see how the ownerships, you know, uh, does. the 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 only other thing that I'll say that kind of makes me think um, uh, otherwise is that in these in these events, I, I know that like you want like your mind is telling you, oh, you should just play stars and scrubs because you get four rounds of everyone, and so it doesn't really matter. But my feeling on this is. You know, you had the stat earlier, right? You were talking about the like ranking world rankings and how it correlates to how well everyone does at these WGCs. And I I think it's almost better to have as many of the top like, you know, fifteen golfers as you can fit into your lineup. Yeah, so whether I, that whether whether that stars and scrubs, but I think it's just it's really hard to do that if you're gonna play DJ or ROM. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I, I I don't have the official you know world golf rankings pulled up, obviously. Um, but I mean, how many of those guys are we gonna find price below whatever? Where by not playing DJ or Rom, you're you're getting them into your lineup, right? So what Morikawa and Webb are the cheapest at ninety one hundred and nine thousand that are in the top ten in the world, and then uh Fitzpatrick, Sung Jay. Um I mean I'm right, not so playing. It may be I'm, it may be smarter to do something like where you're going uh you know, Cantley, Hovland, Webb or something like that, and then figuring out the rest. Or or something like that, as opposed to starting way at the top. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Uh I will say that I I also think it makes sense and is probably correct to to just play DJ. Yeah. Right? This is I know like we saw basically his his floor last week. He was he wasn't he didn't put the ball well. I interest I I I love watching DJ putt and I I think it's so striking between his his ball striking and his his putting and the time he takes, right? And I think he understands that around the green and putting is the weakest part of his game and really focuses on it. His speed is always phenomenal on putts. He's like I never see him run anything too far past and or or leave anything too short. It's always, you know, hole high, which is it's really incredible to watch. Uh, but I you know, he lost uh 0.01 strokes putting and he hasn't done that for for a while. He's been, you know, a little bit better than tour average putter and he finished 8th and his driver left him a little bit. He's a much better driver than what he he was he was very inaccurate last week. And I I, I don't know. I I I guess I I think DJ's definitely got the best odds of winning this tournament. I think Rom's probably got the best odds here of a top five finish. Um, Xander probably has the best odds of a, a top 20 finish, along with somewhere like Cantlay. And I think Thomas and, and Rory are obviously your your volatile plays. But, I, I mean, Rory's the last guy I'd go to in this group. And you're right, if he's like 5% owned, then I think it's the correct play because you're definitely getting four rounds from Rory. One of them's going to, he's going to come out and shoot, you know, eight under. We We know that. Um, and, and then, you know, Thomas's volatility, if you, if you're in, in, in a tournament where I think you get four rounds, I think, I think Thomas is a good look, but again, I think it's, it's ownership based, um, with these two guys, if they're lower owned, then, then I would definitely, um, take shots on them. But if, I think if the, the ownership is distributed evenly between these six guys, which I don't think it will be, I think Cantlay might be a little bit lower owned, but if it's distributed evenly between these six guys, then I think Dustin Johnson is, is the, the way to go. Yeah, um, I'm in a complete agreement there, um, and uh, I don't know. Ownership plays a big part in how I usually decide these types of things. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. I mean, it's possible that Xander may be under owned because people just think he's too expensive. Uh, I because I don't know. Maybe he he's probably been this expensive whenever he was clearly the best golfer at the tournament. But I, I don't know in a stacked field like this that he's ever been that high. With that said. Uh, let's let's do something a little different this weekend. Let's go uh, ninety nine to eighty five because I think uh, the the eighty five and below uh, to seven thousand or seventy five hundred. You know, I think we'll have a lot to talk about there. So we'll break it up this way. You know, I I think Bryson is probably going to be over owned. Uh, yeah. So I I initially kind of thought oh, I was like, well, you know, it makes sense for him here, but I, I'm probably going to be off Bryson um Fino may also be highly owned this is another thing like the uh, there's gonna be a lot of ownership in these in these top two guys so I think that maybe that is gonna that could keep ownership down for DJ and Rom you know I don't know I don't I just don't know what's gonna happen this is truly uh unusual um you know just given the the, the four rounds and the no course history it's it's odd it's an odd it's an odd tournament yeah um, for sure Hatton, as you mentioned, always plays well in these types of events. Uh, he, he, whenever the big guys are out, he typically plays well. Um, we haven't seen him in the U.S. He may be under-owned because of that for a while. So I'm optimistic that uh, that we will. And, and, and Hatton's not Hatton's not a long player, but I think we talk how we you were talking about the tree lining, the water, him putting himself in position all the time uh, is going to be. Uh, a huge boon for him so I, I i do like hatton quite a bit here Hatton uh, isn't super long but he's over 300 off the tee like he he has some pop to his game yeah but just not when you're it's hard to do it when you're a top unless you're Webb simpson a top you know 10 golfer <laughs> right right 
I will. Uh, I'll let you talk about your boy Hovland. Wait, uh, do you not think Terrell Hatton's a top ten golfer? In no, the I world? said he is a top. He is a, oh, he is oh, top oh. ten golfer. It's hard to be that good when you're not that long. Like, got it. Okay, 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 okay. Unless, unless you're Webb Simpson. Got it. Okay. I, you know, and then I still think I, I will have pivots of Berger. I think is another interesting play where he's just been playing phenomenal recently, and I think he may get lost in the shuffle. I think a lot of ownership. I think your boy Hovland is getting talked up quite a bit this weekend, so I think he'll be pretty popular. So I'm excited That's to have bad. Berger at a cheaper number. Um, and then I will probably go back to the well uh, with Morikawa and Webb. Those are both um, – I mean, they both have the ability to pop. I, I, I do worry a l- little bit. I think Webb is kind of – methodical and so i'm not sure that he like does great on new courses but i'd have to like that's something i'll have to look into um but morikawa i think i think the younger guys will have an advantage just because the pros don't have all this like wealth of history here yeah i I definitely uh agree with you there i think i think bryson's ownership is going to be is going to be pretty high given he's the one guy we know that's like actually won a golf tournament here and that he's under 10,000 which I think is underpriced for Bryson uh and and I think the that the the market will will take advantage of that uh I think Tony Finau is also underpriced I think the market will take advantage of that but I don't mind I I I'll, I'll say I think Tony Finau is going to win this golf tournament um, oh. that's my my personal opinion there I think he's playing too well to not win um, and I think you give, give Tony Finau, who's, you know, obviously the hottest player in the world, probably four rounds, uh, of, of high level golf. I think he's got a good shot of winning it. Uh, I think, I think you're right. I think Terrell Hatton might go a little under owned and I am, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, he's on a, a pretty solid stretch of golf in Europe. I know if you look at, you know, PGA tour, he hasn't played since what the RSM where he finished top 25, but, uh, pretty high on Hatton. I think he's one of the you know, I mean, he's obviously one of the top five, six golfers in the world on, on world rankings, but I think the eye test fits that as well. Brooks is interesting. Uh, I don't know if, if a guaranteed four rounds is good for Brooks right now because he tends to have one dud um, and then play, you know, pretty solid outside of that. Uh, so I think his upside is a little bit limited, but if, if Hovland needs a lot of ownership, getting Brooks Kepka for 9,500, there are worse, worse things you could do. Uh, I think Hovland's the best play for value in this range like i said I, I think he's he's just at this point one of the best golfers in the world he's the most one of the if not the most one of the most consistent ball strikers um on tour and, and i think he has been showing that um these last two tournaments he's played in and you know he, he played in in europe one week or on the european tour one week and, and had a top 10 then as well i believe uh i'll echo your your comments on burger i think he's a great pivot from hovland um we don't talk about Patrick Reed on this podcast anymore. Um, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm going to take a moral stance against playing Patrick Reed, even if it hurts me. Um, uh, Webb Simpson, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not quite, uh, there on this week. I love his price, but I think in a, uh, I think you're right. I think he, he tends to play well at places he knows. And I also, although I, you know, obviously I think Webb Simpson's the top 15 golfer in the world and can pop anywhere, but I think, he is less likely than the other top guys in the world to go out and post, you know, multiple big scores given four guaranteed rounds. And I think that limits some of Webb Simpson's upsides in these WGC type fields. And then I think people are, I don't know if I'm hundred percent correct on this because nobody in this, nobody else in his price range or below his price really interests me all that much. Although people love playing Tommy Fleetwood. I think Colin Morikawa could go under-owned given his performance last week. He was bad mm-hmm. with the putter. We know he's yep. tinkering, but we also know he's the best iron player on tour uh, somewhere You know, with like Will Z and JT, right? And so uh, I, I think going back to the Morikawa, well, he's not going to lose 2.8 strokes putting again. I mean, I guess he could, but he's probably not going to. Uh, and, and if that ownership number is is pretty low, I love going on a Morikawa. Actually, like Tommy Fleetwood this week, he's been on a pretty good run in Europe. I know his, his PGA Tour stats... You know, ball striking stats don't show anything positive, but but Tommy Fleetwood's been really good in Europe recently. Uh, Sung J M, uh, yeah, I, I I think he's a solid. I, I think he might be a solid like core play, and then you pivot off of him for more upside, right? I think I think Sung J M's going to have a solid performance this week. Cam Smith, 
you know, we don't often get ball striking like we got last week from Cam Smith, so I don't know what his uh, upside is coming into this week. Max Holma, I think the price is high. I think the ownership will be high. I think, in my opinion, it's time to jump off Holma. Uh, and then, you know, Fitzpatrick plays difficult golf course as well, which is why I think he was so uniquely set up to play last week. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, WGCs where people get to go low and get four guaranteed round, that kind of limits Fitzpatrick's upside for me. Yeah, um, I think if I if I if I'm going taking notes here, I'm ranking if I'm playing a core, I have Hatton first, then Finau, um, then Berger, then Hovland, um, and then Sungjae. I think would be my five core guys, um, and then pivots uh, that I think you should have would obviously include those guys as well. Uh, but I think you should at least touch on Brooks. Um, Webb, Morikawa. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you should touch on Homa. I mean, it might be just that he's like reached the pinnacle of his career in his head or something. You know, I you know I don't know. It's always, you never know how guys are after a win, right? Especially I, a win like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely see a little bit of come down for for Homa. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a huge win for him. It's where he wanted to win the most. Uh, I I don't know. I. I like his swing a lot. I, I know a lot of golf nerds like his swing a lot. It's super smooth. Um, I, and I, I know he's, he's struggled for portion of his, portions of his career. I mean, when we started doing this, what, three seasons ago, he was priced 6500 and below almost every week because he just wasn't yep. playing good golf. Yep. I, I think I think this is the evolution of a lot of hard work and a lot of confidence, and and I'm hoping it's sustainable for Holma. I mean, obviously, I don't expect a ton from him this week, but I, I don't think this is the end for Max Holma. I think this is a talented dude. Yeah, yeah, no, um, but it, um, I, I will have some of him because he's just playing well, and um, I, I, I won't make him a core, but I'll definitely pivot to him. Um, I, I would I would add more quality to I, I would echo all the I said, things I, he said in your I said, core, and I would make him a core. Oh, you would okay. I, I yeah I don't know um, I mean honestly yeah I mean he's had two pretty good tournaments before this and he obviously played well in, in Abu Dhabi as well yeah I, I don't hate it I don't hate it um, I I just I kind of like the the savings you get from Sungjae a little bit yeah that makes um, sense um, but if, for the thing with Sungjae I may go down to Homa but I would have to go up you know to Morikawa and Webb for the other two. Um, but that's okay. I mean, you just got to save some some other places. Now, this next range, eighty, you know, the eighty four to seven k. I think this is my my favorite range. Um, it has a ton of core plays that I that I would have here, um, which include, uh, you know, Walking Neiman. I think is my favorite play in this entire range. Um, he is just going to continue to gain strokes on approach. He's you know that's what he does. Um, his off the tee game for a long, a long course makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you obviously have to worry about his putting, but I'm I'm not putting. I, I think I, this is like the least I've been, you know, uh, that I'll factor in putting just because I, no one knows these greens and no Correct. one knows what to expect. So it's like, how do we how do we know who's going to be hot? Um, except for it's it's Bermuda. Is that right? Uh, Bentgrass, I believe. It's Bentgrass, okay. So that's the only thing we really have to go on. Oh, no, you're right, Bermuda, Bermuda. I figured in Florida it would have to be. So, um, yeah, so Neiman, uh, I I love as a core play. Um, I love Louis Oosthuizen as a core play. Uh, I I think I would typically like Will Z as a core play as well, but, um, you know, this will be his fifth straight tournament. Uh, I do get concerned about his fatigue especially that they're flying across country this week. So uh, I am a, a bit concerned about him, but I will pivot to him as well. Um, and then I like Jason Day uh, probably more as a pivot than a core, uh, just because I he's he's very much like he likes to know the course. He likes to take his time. He likes to figure out all the angles and undulations and visualize and all that stuff. So I, I do con- have worries about his upside, but I think you'd be doing a disservice to not have him in some of your lineups. Where are we at with Harris English? Uh, he hasn't played well his last two tournaments. Was playing on fire before that. Uh, I, I feel like this is a type of course where he puts himself in position, um, which will help him out. It'll do him a, a good service. You know, or is he is he waning? Or, or, you know, should we should we be getting off of him? Uh, I, I don't. 
don't think we should be hopping off of Harris English. I still think he's probably, you know, a top 25 player in the world. I, these guys miss cuts, right? You know, we just saw Roy, JT, and Bryson all miss a cut in the same week. Especially at this price, I don't see any reason to not have some exposure to Harris English. Um, he, he, I, may I, be, he may be, like, really highly owned. I, yeah, I and, so, and so and so yeah, that's actually kind of what I expect. I expect pretty high ownership from from Harris, and so I'm probably off of him for that reason this week. But I I definitely would have some exposure to him in your lineups because he very easily could go out and finish top ten in this golf tournament. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Yep. Um, um, yeah, I agree with you on that. I said I'll have some exposure to Wolf. Uh, the last two guys, uh, three guys, I guess I'll, I'll hand out here. Uh, I love Carlos Ortiz as a as a core play. Um, you know, he didn't make the cut last weekend, but typically he plays well in these WGC events. I think they mean a lot to him, um, being from Mexico. Um, you know, typically this course would mean more to him because it's in Mexico. But um, and then uh, Ryan Palmer has been playing great. We're down to a price that he's should be at, uh, which I love. Um, and then uh, Billy Horschel, uh, he's popped in two of his last five tournaments. He may be more of a pivot than a core play, but. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of wiffle waffly on him, but I but for being that low, I may have him as a core play because he's only seven thousand. Yeah, I think Ryan Palmer is going to need up a lot of ownership, like more than Harris English will at this price because people mm-hmm. are playing him at ninety two hundred. Now he's seventy two hundred, so I, I mm-hmm. think he's going to eat up a lot of ownership this week. Um, so for that reason, he might be like a pivot for me because I think he, he you know, he's obviously been playing well, could have a really good week, but. Um, I don't. I don't want to eat up that much ownership in my core. Um, yeah, I'll just. I'll kind of start at the top. Talk about guys that I really like and and I'm definitely avoiding. So you know, Hideki. This cheap seems interesting. It's not. He's been bad. Yep. Uh, still not playing Hideki until I see something turn around. Um, Scotty Scheffler is my. Yours was Neiman. My favorite play down here. Scotty Scheffler. He finished twentieth last week and lost point two strokes per round with the driver, which is that's an evolution for Scotty Scheffler, right? That's been his weapon for a long time. It um, is not indicative of a greater trend that he lost strokes with the driver last week. So if he if he can do that, uh, and and he's also shown himself to be a guy that can go out and go low. He shot a fifty nine at the Northern Trust uh, not too long ago, and so you know four rounds with Scotty Scheffler signed me up. Uh, Adam Scott, I'm back in wait-and-see mode. Very disappointed from his performance last week. He didn't know what he was doing with the driver. Everything was snapped. Uh, it was just a weird week. Um, his Neiman, his, rhythm, his rhythm looked off, which is uh, unusual. You know what's crazy is his rhythm looked off, and it still looked like the smoothest swing on tour. That's <laughs> so unfair. That's so unfair. Um, yeah, Neiman, I, I, I like that as well. I think this is a week where we you know really just take ball striking into account, and obviously Neiman's one of the you know top probably 20 ball strikers in the world uh, off the tee and approach. Um, I I don't think I'm going to play Will Z because of the five rounds, but I was very impressed with what I saw from last week. Very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really good. I thought um, it, uh, like, all, all things considered, it, it might have been my favorite tournament of his. Just yeah, I, because I thought he was like, awesome. Because he didn't, like, have it. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy for him. And, right. uh, I, and I think he, he's letting he really that grind. Well. Yeah. He's he's really learning to grind. Uh, I I like what I see from from Will every single week. Uh, I mean, if you you want to look at the the you know most strokes gained on average per round from from players since you know start of twenty twenty, Will Z is right ahead of Patrick Canley and right below Justin Thomas in I think ninth place or seventh place. So um, this is a kid with a lot of talent, uh, and I think you know he's always worth a play at at eight thousand dollars. You should have him in in some pivots. Uh, I think you're right. I think Louis Ustazen is a great core play in this space. Um, and I, I think for me, that's him and him and Scotty Scheffler. I think, you know, Louis uh, is, is like top 10 potential down here. Uh, I know he doesn't have the greatest track record in this specific event, but we're at a different course. Uh, I think his game is a game that translates and he's been playing well as of late. So I really like Ustazen. Agree with you on day. think he's worth a pivot. Uh, some places as well as Justin Rose, although I'm a little higher on day than Rose this week. But Rose has been playing well on the European Tour. We just can't translate that to any like uh, usable strokes gain data, unfortunately. Off Wolf um, until he can, you know, until I, I see that he's figured things out with the driver. Harris is a fine pivot. Uh, 
Sergio, you can play him or not play him. It's fine with me. Leishman's been pretty solid recently. So ah, I think that's a, a, that's a good call. That's a good call. He, he's, he's been at a decent play. Um, you know, Bob McIntyre is here on the back of a third-place finish in a pretty stacked field. I think he finished third in the one that DJ won. Um, and I, I saw an interview where they asked Rory about Robert McIntyre, and he said that, you know, that he was happy for him because he thinks he's a really talented guy. I'm off of him. I don't really know enough about him. What... What did I tell you to tell me next time I said maybe I'm going to play Bubba Watson? You're an idiot. Okay, thank you. So we're not going to play Bubba Watson this week. Uh, Carlos Ortiz, I don't know that I'm as high on him as you, but I could definitely see some value there. And I think he might go a little lower owned being priced right beside Ryan Palmer. Uh, And I think the rest of this range I'm not too excited about. Kisner and Horschel are the other two guys I would give a look. I feel like I hate it. I feel like you got to give a look to Jason Kokrak uh, at a place where you know it's it's that length is probably going to matter um, and that sort of thing. But I'm not going to play Kokrak just because I have standards. Um, yeah, I will morally not play. Yours is yeah. Patrick Reed, mine's Kokrak. Okay, well, okay. I think our definitions of moral are different, but that's okay. Um, yeah, and then I, I think. I don't know. Maybe Kisner's not really worth a look, but he tends to play well in WGC events. The difference is this is a long course. I guess we didn't really talk about it. Um, they they are not playing in Mexico due to COVID this year, and Workday will slap their name on literally anything that the PGA Tour gives them an opportunity to do it, and so that's why they're playing in in Florida this week. Presumably the, the tournament right. moves back. So so the WGC Mexico is long, but they play at. You know, but they played six, elevation, six thousand feet elevation. So, so, so when you look at like Kisner's stats, he's not held back by his lack of length, where he may be a little bit this week. But as Kevin Kisner said, they still pay for top twenties at these events. So maybe yeah. we haven't seen him for a while. Obviously, he's a pivot, um, but he, he's a pivot. I, I yeah, wouldn't I play. Think he's, I would, a pivot. he's not a. Um, I think I think like answer is your answer is your. Uh, I mean, we're not down to this range. Answer and Griffin are kind of your your core plays. At these these lower price ranges, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, answer maybe twenty <laughs> percent owned at sixty eight. Oh, an- yeah, answer's gonna be like twenty twenty five percent owned. There's no doubt in my mind. So that that uh, is, is is at that if he's gonna be that highly owned, I probably won't play him because it's just not worth it. But um, but uh, it, you know, I I don't understand why answer sixty eight hundred that blows my mind. Uh, you, that's a, that's terrible pricing. You talked about Woodland. Um, uh, already, so uh, not a core play for me, but it definitely a worthwhile pivot. Maybe a multiple, you know, type pivot, uh, depending on how my lineup is. If you're going really stars and scrubby, um, let's see, uh, you know, burned uh, a pivot worthy for sure. Uh, Alanto is a core play. Uh, you know, we all know the drill. Alanto under. Are you concerned 000. about? Yeah, are you concerned about Lanto's ownership? Yes. But not as much as Answer, because Answer is a lot better than Lanto. I could, yeah, so I, I guess the, the other guy I could see being a core player in this range is Kevin Na. Yes, he's definitely a pivot, potentially a core. Because, like, I mean, like, the, these five names, I, I guess we'll go, we can even go, like, six Tera- out of Terasmus. seven guys. Well, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to include Rasmus in mine, but we can, go, we can go eight out of nine. But if you look at, you know, Lee Westwood... Answer, Woodland, Nall, Weisberger, and Rasmus. That's six out of seven. I was right the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those are all really good golfers when they're playing well, right? Mm-hmm. And and I could and so we think that I still think the answer is gonna eat up a lot of ownership here, but I think yeah. the, the rest of the ownership hopefully can get distributed between those guys, and then we have Munoz yeah. down a little bit cheaper, and maybe we're not looking at a you know seven percent owned Lanto Griffin at sixty seven hundred dollars. It's possible. I mean I kinda hope that if that like I mean I like answer and I want him to play well. Abe is Abe is like a you know, we were talking about this in the in the um our text or whatever about top our top five or top ten golfers. Abe would definitely make my top ten now that um, I'm sitting here thinking about it. So I obviously our, our want top him ten to do. favorite golfers. Yeah, and so I would want him to do well, obviously. But uh, I I kind of hope that he's like 25 percent owned because that means some of these other guys won't be so highly owned. Like um, I mean, like or so Rasmus Hogard is like my favorite young dude. Uh, you know, he's already won on the European tour at, at I think he won at 18. He's 19 now, uh, and he's like. One, you know, I think he's like top three boss, you know, approach players in in Europe right now. Um, and the guy is just—he's gonna 
do well at some point in his career. He's just too young and too stupid to figure it out. But that may be not such a disadvantage here at this course, or he may get himself into a lot of trouble off the tee, and and it really punishes him. But I, he's definitely All a pivot right. play for sure because he could do, do you, he he could go top ten and wouldn't surprise me. You want me to get you excited? Hmm? Yeah. Do you know what his last three finishes are worldwide? Oh, let me know. Twenty fifth at the Abu Dhabi. Okay. Stackfield. Ninth at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. Oh God, another Stackfield. Sixth at the Saudi International. Oh boy. Okay. Core play. <laughs> I just yeah. Oof. I just looked that up. I thought you'd be interested in those stats. Oh man, that is spicy. I uh, love it. Um, and then uh, just other guys that are are worth a pivot. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I'm. I, I don't think Munoz is. But I do think Champ is. At least we'll have Champ in one lineup because we can we can disagree agree to uh, flip flop those two. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I this is more of like an, an emotional thing. I kind of feel like uh, he he may feel free after seeing like the devastation. You know, it's just like people do like you know Brett Favre plays well after his dad dies or you know whatever. It's like people play better when like this kind. Of t- Some people play better when this type of stuff happens. So I kind of think that that may help but like i said not a core play i think is worth worthy of a pivot though um uh brendan todd may be a core play i know his length isn't good but he hasn't played terrible recently uh he hasn't played great but we're slim pickings down here uh mckenzie hughes um played okay last weekend um he's gained strokes at least his last three tournaments can't that's that's hard to find uh, and then I think the most, <laughs> the highest O player in the whole tournament may be Eric Van Royen. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was going to say that if you didn't. I definitely agree <laughs> with you there. I've decided that, you know how as basketball fans, we will go watch um, YouTube highlight videos, right? Of like, my personal favorite to, to go look at for our Stephen Curry videos or uh, Jason Williams white chocolate videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go on a, a dive for some Rasmus Hogard videos uh, <laughs> today and find his... I, I, need a, I need a fire beat, nice mixtape uh, of the best Rasmus Hogard shots over his last three tournaments. Hopefully I can find them. I'm sure the European Tour social media team is great. I'm sure there is like some highlights of him posted somewhere. And I'm going to really hype myself up and talk myself into this play after seeing those last three finishes. Because this kid has to be good, right? He's great. So, so I, And I don't know enough about him. So I'm going to learn while hyping myself up to lose a lot of money on him this weekend. So there's one other player that, um, uh, that I feel like is, is halfway decent um, at these sort of things. Uh, and I, are you still on the European Tour uh, website? I am not, but I can be really quickly. Who do you want to know? Okay, Thomas Dietrich. I think he's either German or Belgium. I think he's German, but um, he uh, he is not bad in the European Tour, and so he may be interesting. I don't know how he's playing though. Uh, not as not as great. Uh, I will say he did make the cut the U.S. Open, finished forty ninth, which is solid. Uh, mm-hmm. Made the cut and finished thirty third in Corrales. Uh, but his last three starts on the European Tour are miscut at Abu Dhabi, but then he finished top 10 at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic uh, and 53rd at the Saudi International. So he's coming off two two made cuts and two pretty stacked fields. Yeah, so maybe worth the pivot just because he has some high upside. But He's from yeah. Belgium, by the way. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I think the big names are at the top of this. Um, I, I, except for, I'm not sure why Van Royen is down here. It feels like they needed a name this cheap right is that kind of the feeling you get yeah i mean why is eric van I mean, is daniel van tonder i mean like do we just three name people just need to stick together why why are they the same price there's also minwoo lee you might be right <laughs> well cabrera uh, cabrera bay is posted to or uh, price too high if that's the uh if that's the uh, yeah. determining factor for so, your price so, so like why is eric van royen under Lori conter i have no yeah. idea who that is yeah, there are a lot of guys with no WGC uh, experience and also no, you know, PGA Tour start experience. So it, it is a little bit confusing to me. I mean, he's you know missed three out of his last four cuts, fifty six in the other one. So he's been bad. Um, but we also know he has the ability, 
which I assume everybody else does. And some people are gonna, you know, probably fit a bunch of expensive guys, stars and scrubs. Eric Van Royen's gonna be highly owned. That's that, I think that's correct. Didn't he finish top, top ten last year in this? Yeah, he finished third last year in this. Yeah, third. yeah so. So and then the other good. the other guy I guess I'll throw out there that I think is another young guy. Could be wrong about this, but Aaron Rye, right? Like he's uh, he's English, which is odd. I think he's like a Indian of descent or of South, Southern Southern Asia, but he's not terrible. He's got six professional wins. He's only twenty five. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about him. I should learn more. Yeah, the, uh, he may he may be interesting. I, I don't know what he what he's done recently. He's, he's but... been on a run of bad golf. He is okay. Yeah, and this is last two cuts, but it is what fair it enough. Is. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you can get wild down here with some of these lower price names, but I I think um, I think there is enough down here to go stars and scrubs. The more we we talk about it, I I, I feel more confident in in that sort of um, in that sort of space than I did before. But like, I think we both also agree that our our area where we think the tournament can be won and lost is from like Scotty Scheffler down to Jason Day too. So um, I think yep. there are interesting, fun decisions to make all the way up and down the board, and hopefully, you know, we 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 help you make uh, a couple of those, and and they're correct. Okay, so uh, we'll get on to the air. So Mickelson fade draw. Um, I think. Um, Let's see. Uh, I think my draw is going to be Ter- Terrell Hatton. I love it. I'm so glad that everybody else is on this Terrell Hatton thing with me now. My fade. Oh, boy. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, like, I, for some reason, I feel like Patrick Reed is going to be, like, real highly owned because he's coming off a win and coming off of... he. Did he win this last year? Or Yeah, he won yeah, the WGC Mexico last year, yeah. Yeah, so he's coming off a win, and he won this last year. I feel like he'll be highly popular, and I'm just not going to play him because outside of that one round, he has not played that that well. So um, I'm going to be off of him, and historically, he does not play these WGCs, like, super great. Um, and and then my... I, I think I... Um, whew. Man, who I don't even know who to make my Mickelson. Like I feel I don't feel like um, like amazing about particular. You you do two two years. Let me let me think about this a little more. Uh, okay, uh, so I think my my baby draw is going to be. I think Scotty Shuffler is not going to see enough ownership this week. Okay, I think he, I think he might go in the single digits uh, given the guys he's around. Um, and so I I really like Scotty Shuffler as a draw, but I, I do think you know. Tyrrell Hatton is a, is a good call for that one as well. I think a lot of guys are going to go a little higher owned. Um, my my fade for the week. Uh, sorry, my heart just broke a little bit. I'm fade Roy McIlroy this week. We're not going to play any Roy this week. Uh, although I think his game probably translates better than like you know ninety percent of guys on tour, uh, or more than that 98 percent of guys on tour and so i think going to a course that nobody's played you know if he's again if he's under like if he's projected to be under like 10 percent owned then i think rory mcelroy is probably a pretty good play but if he's over that i think it's it's a fade for me and then uh i on my second monitor right now uh split screened i have um for my mickelson play uh rasmus hogard highlights playing from his win in august third on august 30th at the the UK championship beside his $6,700 price. And let me tell you, baby, I'm all on, I'm all on that train. We're going, Sorry, all, uh, we're, we're riding Rasmus to victory. A lot of things to like over here about Rasmus. Yeah. You know, so he turned 20 on a uh, March 12th. He was born, uh, before, before September 11th. So there's that. <laughs> That's my new favorite player in the world. Oh, I, yeah. I can't believe I didn't know about him until now. Oh God! Yeah. Oh my God! I was, ta- oh I was talking God. about at the Masters. Uh, he just year. made a he just made a seven footer for birdie at the UK Championship that he won. So I'm pretty hyped right now. That's I three, think he's won, oh I just won two tournaments. Three birdies in his first six holes in this highlight video. Let's go. So he so he won that one. So he's won two two uh, two European Tour tournaments, and he's 19. Oh God! What a smooth 70 yard wedge. <laughs> Spun it back, played it off the side hill. Oh my god, his kid's good. He's gonna uh, win the tournament. My, uh, I think my uh, my Mickelson will be uh, Walking Demon. Okay, I like that. 
By the way, Rasmus is my core play. Screw Lanto Griffin. <laughs> I'm glad I could uh, shed some light on on uh, on the kid. I can't believe I never watched. I know. I can't. Believe, I feel so embarrassed. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. All right. Uh, well, I found my new favorite golfer. Uh, I guess. Uh, transition Rory out. Transition guarded. I just can't believe somebody skipped Rory and Victor that quickly. It's almost like it's almost like I'm compulsive. Um, <laughs> almost. Almost like I'm compulsive. Uh, yeah. So we we this might be the last time, uh, at least for for a few weeks uh, that you do this because yeah, it's on it's baby watch from here on out. Ba- um, we're, we're on baby watch and we'll be basing it on that. Uh, so, but if, so if slaughter's out, I'll be March, holding it down. Yeah, the due date's March fourth, so. Um, I suspect it'll it'll be a little later than that. Um, Usually is. It's my understanding, just, at least. Yeah. So especially with the first kid. So uh, yeah. So probably I I don't know if I'll be around for uh, for the players, which is disappointing because uh, I do love that tournament. And then, uh, but I I'll definitely be back. You know, uh, for the Masters. Yeah, Hatch and I'll hold it down for the players, and and I'll I'll uh, I'll hold it down as needed uh throughout the rest of these but you know hopefully hopefully we get you maybe for another week but we we do know we're on we're on baby watch and you know if whenever we maybe get you if we get you next week we'll we have a uh we're we're throwing around some new ideas for playing the course uh on 2k uh, as part of a little segment where we break it down so maybe we can do that for next week obviously well i didn't look it up to see if anybody had taken the time to make concessional and the course creator but um yeah somebody did We'll, we'll have it. We'll have it for we'll a... Yep, we'll have it for you next week for sure. Yeah, it will tell you. It will tell you who wins. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that'll that'll there'll be a running tally of which one of us wins the uh, the tournament for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good luck to everyone this week, and uh, let's uh, let's let's have a good weekend. Thanks for tuning into the In the Bag podcast. If you want to interact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at In the Bagcast, Slaughter at Slaughter, and myself at James Fall Four. You can also leave comments, rate, subscribe, whatever you like, wherever you get your podcast. You can find us there. Good luck to all of you this week, and we hope you'll tune in again next week to make sure you have the right clubs in the bag. Thanks again. Stay safe.